Welcome back, everybody, to So Every Soul Sings, Worship for the Real Church. This episode is Resources for the Win, Part 2. But the informal title is Non-Practical Resources. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Our part one was on very tangible, very practical resources, uh, things like water and music stands and planning center online. So if you haven't listened to that episode, just pause and go back and find resources for the win part one. Yeah. Uh, But today we're talking about ways to resource your team that are spiritual in nature. And um, I told Rod that I hate the fact, actually do hate, hate the fact that we think, yes, that we think of spiritual things as not practical. In fact, we did tackle this idea a little bit in one of our very first podcast episodes which is one of my favorite where we talked about prayer is prayer a practical thing that you can do or not so if you're if you love prayer or you know people who love prayer or you don't love prayer (laughs) and you think it's not very practical maybe go back and listen to that episode too uh so let's just dive in right here I think it's episode four. I, I don't have yeah. a catalog of those yet, but it's it's that early. It's it's right near the beginning. Very early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about ways that you can practically, no, yes, practically and spiritually, spiritually and practically, give your worship team, your musicians, your other worship leaders working with you some resources to help them. And I had to clarify, so I went and looked. It's actually episode five, which was from <laughs> December 2nd. It was released on December 2nd of 2019. So it was even pre-coronavirus. Can you believe there was actually something wow. before that happened? Amazing. Uh, there was yeah. such a thing. Let's, let's talk about two categories of how to empower or resource your folks. Um, I want to I break them into personal growth and spiritual growth. Um, I think personal growth is spiritual growth because you're never more like God wants you to be than when you are fully who God created you to be. And that's really a matter of your personhood, uh, which I think is what personal growth is about. It's about becoming more of who God designed you to be. But then also there's some really, really like if you were to take personal growth and have a slice of it that was spiritual growth or spiritually resourcing your people, um, then I want to, I want to land on that part, but let's start with, with personal growth. I'm a little hooked on it. I, I just be honest. I think I might need to join a 12 step program for personal growth recovery. Um, I, I, I it's love your jam. Thing. You <laughs> love it. I do. I really do. It worries me. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I, I also, I, I say that and, and gosh, I'm better now than I was 10 years ago because I'm a little hooked on it. Like I, it works. So it works. I, it <laughs> does. I, I have grown personally because yeah. I listened to, you know, Michael Hyatt and, uh, and his personal de- leadership development kind of stuff and entree leadership. I'm not a small business owner, but entree leadership is about personal growth. And so I listened to their podcast. Donald Miller, who wrote Blue Like Jazz and then decided to stop writing memoirs and started a marketing company. Uh, I love listening to that. I, I don't do marketing, but it helps me grow as a human to listen to the interviews that people like that um, do with podcasts. And, and one of the really cool things is in some of those conversations, I'll hear something that will make me think of a team member in a place where I know they are either struggling or have aspirations. 
Uh, and so I'll be able to just send them an episode and say, hey, check this out. You know, it's the best teaching I've ever heard on marriage. Or this is the mm-hmm. best thing I've ever heard about, you know, fill in the blank. And I'm, you know, we do have people in our church who do marketing. So if I hear something that I just think is brilliant, I'm going to send it to them because I want to help yeah. people. I want to resource people <laughs> for their personal growth. And I love sharing podcast episodes. I say it like I do it all the time. I, I really don't. I probably once every two or three weeks will share an episode. Um, I think of it more often than I do it. Probably I just don't want to drive <laughs> people crazy by sharing stuff all the time. Uh, but, and I listen to, I don't know, 10 to 15 podcasts a week, something like that. Um, I do it while I'm exercising. So I'm, I'm multitasking. Um, and then, so the more I exercise, the more I get to hear. I also do it while I'm driving. <laughs> And so those are my two mar- two primary places while I'm walking, running, riding the bike, whatever, or while I'm driving. Um, and then when I hear something, I just like, gosh, I would love for my nephew to hear this, or I would love for my drummer to hear this. Or I would love for my tech guy or whatever. So uh, I love to share podcast episodes. I think it helps all of us grow. And I, I really enjoy receiving those as well. Um, another way that I do that is with publications. So um, there are some publications that will come to your worship ministry free. The advertising actually pays for the publication. One of those is called Church Production. And it's, so I have never heard of this before, by the way. Yeah. And I'm, I may not be the only person who's like, what? Right. Church Production is a magazine that's geared toward tech teams. So it will have all kinds of stuff about the latest in lighting and audio and, and cameras and all that sort of thing. Um, that's amazing! We, yeah, and we get that magazine. And so I... When I get it, I read through it. I usually read the last page because it's like a one-page um, inspirational kind of deal that I think can help me lead our tech ministry, um, just discipling, personal, et cetera. And then I'll put it in a tech booth. And those guys, when they're you know before or after, or they've got downtime, they page through it, they check it out, and it just I just pass it on. Uh, I used to be the editor of a magazine called Creator, which is uh, a bi-monthly magazine that went to ministers of music. When I was involved with Creator, they had a subscription base of about 5,000. And um, it was really also fun. Also never knew. Yeah. Well, there you I'm go. learning all <laughs> kinds of things today. Yep. Creator is still a thing. It's online now. It's changed ownership. Um, so it's really different now from back in the day when I was a part of that in the 90s, primarily. Um, but if I saw an article in Creator and I, it made me think of somebody, I would copy the article just the article, not the magazine, not the copyright issue, but I would copy the article and I would hand it to a person or I would take my copy and I would hand it to them. And I still do that with other things. Now, uh, a blog, I'll read a blog online and I'll go, gosh, Drew would love that. I I know that Drew would love this. Again, I'm not trying to like fix people. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not trying to resource them where, where I think they are deficient. I'm trying right. to resource them where I think it's going to serve them or where I know they are. They have told me they're struggling. Expressed or, a need. Yes. That's right. Or they have told me that they have aspirations. And so mm-hmm. if it's one of our young worship leaders and I know they want to be more of a worship leader and Bob Coughlin or David Manor writes a blog post that I go, gosh, Brandon would love that. I'm going to send that to him. It's just because I'm helping that person grow. That's what personal growth is about. And I want to be able to do that. So I, I, you I are obsessed. I am obsessed. So <laughs> um, it's a hi, good my thing. Rod. Hi, my name's Rod and I'm a <laughs> personal growthaholic. Um, so I think those are important to share what other people have, uh, have poured out in a way that I can receive, but I also don't want to overlook 
that there is incredible power in helping other people grow by simply encouraging them directly. For yes. me to say or write, um, hey, Timmy, man, I know that you spent an extra three hours this week doing post-production audio for the Facebook Live and YouTube Live audience. Um, thank you so much for that. I, just, I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I am. And to say that out loud, I think really does grow people. Uh, it, Absolutely. It or if someone you know is trying to lose weight or become yeah. more physically healthy, I mean, it is so encouraging for somebody to send you a resource, a book, an article, an idea, a thought that would help you. You know, right. you, and if you're really looking for that, like there's nothing better than that feeling of coming upon something that really helps you. Like I personally have had a back injury for eight years, nine years that I've been trying to work with and I'm finally getting some really helpful results from a physical therapist. And it's like rocking my world right now. Yep. And you'll tell anybody that wants to listen about that physical therapist, right? Yes, I will. Yeah. Cause, cause she's going to fix whatever anybody's got wrong. And that's just great. That's, and that's encouraging. And, and if you're like me and I suspect you are in this way, you're going to tell your physical therapist like that. Like you're going to say yes. to her, thank you. This is, a, this is changing my life. And I'm telling all my yes. friends, um, the word I chose for this is encouragement. And I think that's a, it's one of my favorite words um, to encourage somebody is to put courage in them. Mm-hmm. And courage comes from the French word for heart. And so I'm putting heart in somebody else. You mm. get to do that. I, you, listener, get to put heart in somebody else. You get to help them take heart. You get to have them, you get to help their heart grow when you speak or write encouraging words to them. And that is empowering. You're, you're developing them as a person by putting, you're giving them heart to do what it is that God has called them to do. I think that's extraordinary. It's like when I, I yell at my children across the yard, what's in your tongue? And they go, life or death. Because we say it all the time. What's <laughs> in your tongue, here. life or death. Yeah. Yes. Use, use, use your words for life, for building yeah. up people. Because we yeah. do have tremendous power. God made us in his image. And when he spoke, mm. worlds came into existence. Yeah. See, so yeah. practical. This is so practical. <laughs> it really is. And it's also, I mean, this might not be shocking to anybody, but it's also very biblical. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite, I, I have a lot of favorite, like hundreds of favorite verses, but one of my favorite verses is in Hebrews 10, 24, that says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love, love and good and deeds. Good works. Yeah. Yes. Think of ways, like stop and, and think of ways, journal it, pray about it. Ask God to help you think of ways. That means you have to be creatively generating ideas of ways, not just to get somebody to do something, but to motivate somebody. Mm-hmm. to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. It is extraordinarily practical and it's outgrowing, but it feels really touchy feely to just say, how are you going to encourage somebody? Um, well, the Bible says to do it. So do it. Think of ways. Um, I, I love cheering when people have grown and I get to see how they've grown. Uh, I, I mentioned Emma Tuggle in a podcast. Um, either the last time or this time, I think it was last time. So Emma Tuggle is, 
was uh, a middle schooler when I came to Woodburn. She's now a college student, which is so beautiful. Um, Emma loved to lead worship when I came as a teenager. She just loved it. And she has developed dramatically as a vocalist. I mean, dramatically. Mm -hmm. It's incredible the way that her gift has grown through voice lessons, through choir in high school, through choir now in college. She is extraordinary. And so for me to be able to pull her aside after a rehearsal or after a service and just say to her eye to eye, face to face, Emma, what a delight it has been to watch you grow your gifting into your passion. And, and I just, that encourage, I mean, whose heart wouldn't get bigger to hear something like mm -hmm. that? And I, I think it's so important that Hebrews 10, 24 says to think up ways to do this. So I encourage you, listener, to think up ways to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, the Trinity creative. does that too. You know, the mm -hmm. Trinity is, we see them in scripture all the time talking about each other, right? Jesus right. couldn't stop talking about the father. Um, the father yep. put everything under Jesus's feet. Like he's so like, you're the best. Right. And then yeah. the Holy spirit loves to glorify Jesus. Like you're the right. best. No, you're the best. And that's what we should be doing in community. I experienced that anytime I do anything with my one church, buddies we all yeah. are just in awe of each other and we we say so you know man you yep. sang that song like I, I could never even sing like that you know it's yep. so good it's so good and the, and i'm glad you brought up the trinity because the trinity is our model for relationship yes and so we when we learn and unity yep when we learn to treat each other like the trinity treats each other like we see that evidenced in scripture then can you imagine what that community looks like? I mean, that's just got to be heaven. Beautiful. So let's work. Let's heaven. get more of that here. Yes. So three ways for personal growth, share podcast episodes, share magazines or blogs, and then encouraging words in person and in emails and in text, cheering on when you see somebody grow. Uh, I think that's the first way that you can resource your people for a whole different kind of winning from what we've talked about in the previous episode. And then, I, I want to go to that narrow slot now, that narrow niche of, of personal growth, which I would say is spiritual growth. Um, I think all personal growth is spiritual growth as long as it's toward godliness, but not all spiritual sure. growth is personal growth. I, you know, you're going to grow as a person, as your spirit grows, but this really is a narrow focus. And I, gosh, I had a, I may have mentioned this in a recent podcast. I had a conversation with um, a part-time employee of a church he's a friend of mine i've known him for a few years and he made the comment to me i've gotten more pastoral care from you in the last three months than i've had in my own church in the last year and that breaks my heart pastoral care should be what we do as worship leaders care for your team spiritually and so how do how does that happen um I, i'm going to give you four ways um prayer checking in Words of correction, which is my least favorite, and then uh, and then conversation slash input. So let's start with prayer. And again, we've talked about that. We already mentioned in this episode that that's back at episode five. You can hear a whole podcast about it. So we won't take a lot of time. But I, but I do want to remind you that praying for your people is a way that you are going to see them grow spiritually. If yes. they never know you're praying for them, praying for your people is going to be the most effective way you see them grow spiritually. The Holy Spirit's going to grow them in ways should grow them in ways that you can't. And so when you and pray praying, for them, say again. Praying grows you as their yeah, leader. That's too. right. Yes. And, and we have to grow 
we have to try to grow at a faster clip than the people we're leading. So by all means, uh, pray. But there are ways that you can pray specifically. So I reach out to people and I ask them, how can I pray for you today? Sometimes I do that randomly. Sometimes I do it because the spirit brings it to mind. Sometimes I do it strategically. And we have talked about that before where I'll, I'll text everybody on my team on a Thursday mm-hmm. night. And then on Friday, I take the whole day and I pray for them and I go through their text. And as much as I can, it depends on how many people I hear from. I love to, to text back to them what I've just prayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that just builds such an incredible bond. It doesn't do it instantly, but it does it significantly. And when you do that significantly five or six or 10 or 30 times, my goodness, what, a, what an incredible relationship you have with your team at a spiritual level. Not just a practical or social level, but at a spiritual level. And the the last time I did a prayer retreat, I was blown away at the vulnerability of the requests that I received from some of my team members. And that vulnerability was built because it wasn't the first time I asked. It wasn't the first time I prayed. It wasn't the first time they knew that I cared spiritually for them. And so pray by texting people. And, um, you know, if there are people who don't text, call them. I know your phone, it really does work as a phone too. It does email and it does Instagram and it does texting, but actually, yeah, it will, (laughs) it will also work as a device where you can talk to a human. So employ that um, and ask how you can pray for them. If they're over 60, even if they like the text, that's not normal for them. That's not the way they prefer to communicate. Um, Reach out by phone. The sound of your voice as a leader is a, it is a precious sound to the people who are trying to follow you. Yes. Um, I don't say that to build you up and make you feel arrogant. I say that to remind you that what we do is a personal thing. And the more personal you can inter- personally you can interact with somebody, um, the more they're going to trust you with their spiritual needs. Um, yes. So pray for people in, in all those ways and in other ways. Um, I, I mentioned I, I'll text somebody and say, hey, how can I pray for you? I'll also sometimes just text people and say, how you doing? Um, if I ever see somebody post something on social media where they're asking for prayer or they're asking for help or they're saying they're having a rough day, I will immediately, if I can, you know, depending on all the constraints of life, but if I can, I will directly address them. I I may or may not leave a comment on social media, but I want to reach out to them. And so if you see a team member who's struggling, um, don't just interact with social media. That's an indirect way, but directly reach out to them. Uh, in fact, that happened to me yesterday and I reached out with a text and I haven't heard back. So today I'll follow with a phone call mm-hmm. because I just want to make sure that my team is okay. So sure. reach out and, and reach out when, however you want to do that. But I, I made a note of just checking in by text. It's so convenient. I, I don't like to call people. Um, it feels intrusive when I, when I pick up a phone to call, it feels unintrusive when I text. And so I do that primarily because it's uncomfortable for me to call. But there are times that I need to overcome my discomfort and I need to do what I know is the right thing to do anyway. And I would dare say the same thing may be true for you as well. Um, I want to leave words of correction to last. So we're going to come to the one that I mentioned before, which is Bethany's idea. So, um, yeah, talk about suggestions and input and song requests and all that. What are you thinking when you when you make me want to talk when you make me talk I'm, about that on a podcast? I'm giggling because every <laughs> probably every worship leader listening to this right now and all the worship leaders who are not listening to this <laughs> yet yep. 
uh, probably get requests for songs from mm. people it, that they lead regularly. Um, right. I know it happens to you. It yep. happened to me a bunch when I was a, a worship leader at one church for about a decade. Mm-hmm. And you might get the same person every single Sunday requesting this particular song, their new favorite song. Yeah. Um, and then you may have uh, people kind of at the other end of the spectrum um, who feel like leaders, worship leaders, intimidated by requests from people in the congregation or even on their own team and think that they have to incorporate every single one of those or people are going to be offended. So um, talking about having dialogue, you're saying having dialogue and not just occasionally or once a year mentioning, but like fostering and cultivating conversations with your team and asking for input about song selection is so important and will be so helpful. Yeah. Um, it's a really important question. It might deserve its own episode. I'll try to answer it in, in really brief fashion here. Um, one of the things I do is I will tell our church family, the whole congregation, I typically don't do this on a Sunday morning, so I guess it's not the whole congregation, but whenever the church is together and it's more of an informal time. So for us, that's Sunday night worship on the lawn right now, or it's Wednesday nights when we have midweek service or a, a family meeting, a business meeting. You know, I'll, I'll just mention, hey, if, you know, if there's a song that you feel like it's been forever since we've sung and you really miss it and you'd like to sing it, would you just make sure to let me know? And I can't tell you we're going to sing it this Sunday because, you know, the services are planned weeks in advance and, and we try to plan from a content perspective. Um, but I promise you, if there's a song that you miss and it's a song that we sing, I'm going to get it on the schedule. So just let me know and I'll, we'll use it. Um, and I have honored every one of those requests, as far as I know. And we have never had an old person or a young person say, can we sing this song that's a part of the church's hymnody or the, the church's song library? Um, and I, yes, the answer is yes. I don't know when, I don't know how, but the answer is yes. When it comes to new songs, that's different because new songs haven't been um, vetted yet. So I don't know, for one thing, if it's theologically appropriate. I don't know if it's doctrinally appropriate. I don't know if the, the vibe of the music fits the vibe of our church. There are songs, we have a pretty diverse palette at Woodburn, but there are songs that don't fit. And if most of our people aren't going to want to sing it, then we're probably not going to sing it. And so I will receive that suggestion with, I, I promise you I will check it out. And then I always do. Um, if it's a song that I feel like it's got a shot, I'll ask some other people to listen to it. You know, um, I am older now. I don't, I don't mean I'm ancient, but I'm 55. I just turned 55 a couple weeks ago. And, and I really don't want to be making those decisions by myself because I'm an old guy. So I'll toss it to some people in their 20s and 30s. And I'll say, hey, what do you think of this song? Because worship is for the whole church. It's not just for people who are 50 and over. And it's not just for people who are 30 and younger. It's for the whole church. And so I want to get input from various people and I get their help and I ask them. Uh, and, and I actually love that. I, I think that's really healthy. Um, one of the things it does is it protects me. And so I can say, yeah, I had some other folks listen to it as well. And, and we really just feel like it's not a good fit for our church right now. Or, um, yeah, I looked at the lyrics and even though this line isn't theologically um, blatantly wrong, 
it leaves some space that I'm uncomfortable with. And I just, I don't, I don't feel like it would be helpful to serve the whole church if we were to do that song right now. And so you have to be willing to say no, if you're going to invite input. Exactly. Um, but I'm just willing to say no. The good news is I don't have to say no very often. I, I really don't. Uh, and people who give me song suggestions, and I probably have about five who do it regularly. Uh, they know. Only that five? Other people, <laughs> only five who do it regularly. Yeah. They know that they're not the only ones suggesting songs. And they know that we can only do so many songs. And, you know, they get it. They're understanding. Or at least they appear to be. If they're not, they don't tell me they're not. Uh, <laughs> and so um, when you... I think it's important to dis discern for yourself if you want to invite input or not. And if so, at what level, and then just get comfortable with that and do the best you can. And there's a really good chance you're going to disappoint somebody. And there's a really good chance you're going to thrill somebody. But if you never invite input, you're never going to get the chance to thrill somebody. And to me, it's worth it. And I really do want to be able to, I want the church to sing the songs the church wants to sing not the songs I think the church ought to sing. Mm. And that's a really different way of thinking about it. So again, we may come back and do a whole, like I really, that may be my doctoral project in two years is to, to actually write my dissertation about song selection and church and stuff. Like it's, it's a big honking topic. Dang. So yeah, we, <laughs> we may should come probably back do a whole episode about it. Then. Yeah, we might, we might ought to. Um, so the last one I want to talk about in, in terms of how I resource my folks um, spiritually, or at least how I seek to, is words of correction. And I want to save it for last because it's the hardest. And I want you to save it for last because it's the hardest. And I mean that relationally. I don't mm -hmm. want you to speak words of correction into somebody's life where you're not welcome. Yes. I have had people do that for me. And it does not make me want to be corrected. It makes me want to fight. Mm -hmm. It makes me want to dismiss. It makes me want to deny. Uh, all of those things. And if I want, I just want you to remember if somebody's ever done that to you, what that feels like. And don't be that guy. Don't be that gal. If it's time for you to speak words of correction to somebody, make sure that you have the strength of relationship to speak those words of correction. Now, that means that you need to work really diligently to build that kind of relationship because part of your job, especially if you are a spiritual leader in your ministry area, part of your job, actually, I would say it's a true of every Christian that part of our job is to speak words of correction, not to everybody and not about everything, but to some people about some things. Oh, Matthew, for sure. Yeah. It, de Matthew, it depends on the relationship, right? So like yes. parents, obviously, we are called to do that more often oh, yeah. with our children um, because they're children and they're immature and they're trying right. to grow, right? But I mean, spouses, we are also to do that in a loving way. Friends and pastors to our congregations, leaders to our leadership teams, it's important. Yes. Um, do it with the same focus that it, w with the focus it deserves. So if it's, for example, Bethany, you have three children. You, there are times that you confront one child about their behavior in front of the other children because one thing, you don't have any option. But one is you <laughs> want your home to be a home that is, um, there's kind of a rule of law in, in your home. There are other times where you're probably going to break off that one child and have a conversation alone. Mm -hmm. because the other children don't need to hear that conversation. The same thing is true in ministry. There are Absolutely. times that I, will, I would offer a word of spiritual correction in front of everybody 
because it's the right thing to do. Everybody needs to know that that behavior is not okay, or that mm. word is not okay, or that whatever is not okay. And so I'm going to correct them lovingly, gently, respectfully, um, sure. grace-filled. I'm going to I'm going to correct somebody publicly, but most of the time. I'm going to peel that person off and I'm going to have a private conversation and I'm just going to say, hey, I noticed this and I just want to ask if, if you're aware of it and, and if you know where it's coming from, um, tell me more about that. And, and if, if that's a place of struggle, I want to help you with that. Um, Philip Yancey wrote an amazing book. Oh my gosh, an amazing book. It's old now. It's probably 30 years old called What's So Amazing About Grace? Hmm. In it, he says that the purpose of spiritual correction he would use the word church discipline in, in that particular chapter the purpose of church discipline or spiritual correction is always restoration if i'm speaking words of correction it's not so i can be wrong and i can be right and they can be wrong or i can prove that i'm better or i can prove that i'm more spiritual no the, the purpose of words of correction is always restoration restoration of a person with god or a person and another person and so when you are in the role, the, the unfortunate leadership burden of speaking words of correction, remember that on the other side of that conversation, the goal is reconciliation, restoration. You want that people, to, that person or those people to be in whole and healthy relationship with one another and with God. And I, I say that as a novice. I, I promise you, friends, I'm not good at this, but it is a necessary part of leadership. And, and it is important, if you want to help people grow spiritually, sometimes it's going to be important for you to say, God, help me. Help me get the log out of my own eye so that I can see clearly enough to get the speck out of my brother's eye or my sister's eye. And if you'll read that passage carefully, it's not about refusing to judge. It's about having clarity to judge with grace and gentleness so that you can relieve somebody else of a painful part of their life. Cause if you've ever had a speck in your eye, you know that that's painful. And so the father <laughs> wants us to be able to help one another. And so speak words of correction um, in a way that, that bring life. Your tongue has the power of what? Live and dead. I yell it all the time, up the yep. stairs, across the yard, into the back yep. seat of the car. <laughs> so if you have to speak words of correction, speak them as words of life. Yes. And they, and they are, you know, it's, it's like, it's funny because speaking of parenting, you know, sometimes people say, well, you have to love your kids and you have to discipline them. And I'm like, no, that's wrong. That's mm. like saying spiritual resources are not practical. Right. Which discipline is, so wrong. is loving. <laughs> it should be yes. loving. Yeah. Uh, and it's part of loving people. Well, is, is right. correction, which is, is a form of discipline and it's yep. not fun. And it can be done wrongly, wrongly. Yes, it can be done wrongly, but that doesn't mean we get out of it. We can't, we can't get out of it. Yep. The father disciplines us and he does it because he loves us. Yeah. Because and we're legitimate children of that's his. Right. Oh yes. And <laughs> your ministry volunteers are not your children, but they are your flock. Yes. And it is your responsibility as an under shepherd to shepherd them well, which means, hey, don't jump off that cliff. You're going right. the wrong way. And that's what words of correction do. And if it's not a cliff, you might let them fall. 
and let them learn for themselves. You know, discern that. Live in the spirit. We've talked about that several times. Live in the spirit. Lead in the spirit in such a way that you can say, yeah, I'm just going to let them figure that out for themselves because they're going to learn that lesson okay. Or that's mortal danger. Like, I can't let that go on. I have to speak something to what I see. And trust the spirit to lead you. And if you get it wrong, confess that you got it wrong to God yeah, and person. And you're not responsible for other people's responses either. Like, right. you know, we, we are only responsible for ourselves. I mean, yes, we do have a certain amount of, of authority and, and um, a sphere of influence in people's lives. But, you know, right. someone may respond to your words of correction badly. Like, yeah. if that hasn't happened already, <laughs> it will eventually happen. <laughs> yeah. Not to be a pessimist or anything, well, but it's true. Yeah. And, and I can speak from experience there. It has happened for me and it is the most painful part of my ministry bar none. Yeah. And, and it, it grieves my heart and it, it, I just, I'm broken over it and I, I wish I could fix it, but I can't fix what is on the other side of me. I can only fix what's inside of me. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I want to do that. And I also want people to speak words of correction to me. And I would say leader, if you're going to be willing to speak it, you got to be willing to receive it. In fact, if okay. you're eager to receive it, and if you speak out that you're eager to, to receive it, then it's going to be easier for others to receive it from you. And for so sure. I do. I say that to folks all the time. Hey, if you see me going off the rails, if you see this, um, <laughs> will you just let me know? And I don't say that to everybody. That's not a Sunday morning announcement. But I say it regularly, and I say it to more than two or three people. I want to make sure that I am being corrected as much or more than I'm offering words of correction. This is a, we're in this together and, and we are in it to fight for one another and to be for one another. And that's the only way I know of that the Bible describes to do it. So yeah, it's hard, but it's so necessary. So um, let, let's, let's just recap quickly and then we'll wrap up resources for the win part two. We want to resource our folks, the, our sheep, our, our flock, we want to do it practically and we want to do it musically and we want to do it to grow them personally and we want to do, to grow them spiritually. And so check in with people, share, encourage, pray, um, correct, invite correction, invite input, do all that you can to lead in a way that builds collaboration so that we're in this as, as a team that we're leading together. Um, and again, if you have ways that you're doing this that you haven't heard that you think we could learn from or we could share with others so they can learn from reach out rod e ellis at gmail.com um and then if you find this helpful please share just i would consider it such a personal favor if you would say to somebody else um hey I, i've really found this to be helpful you know it's not the slickest it's not the most polished it's probably somebody you've never heard of but it's it's helping me maybe it'll help you too and um and let's just build a tribe of soul singing people we really yes. want to make it so that worship is, is for the real church, and we want to make it so every soul sings. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you soon.